So good evening, everybody. This is our first question and answer session. And, uh, but consider it like a service in the sense the questions you have are all your doubts from scripture, some connected to the word you have heard, some your own doubts from your own studies. And, uh, we don't have claim to have all the answers or the complete answer to any question. Only he has, but with the knowledge and the wisdom God has given us, we will try to answer to the best of our ability. But through it all, we pray the Spirit of God will speak. He has spoken, he will speak, help you with your doubts, and also in the days to come as the messages go forward, you will more and more of your doubts will be cleared. So this evening, before we go to the question-answer session, shall we look to the Lord? Father, this evening we just come to you. We just want to thank you, Lord. We just want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you. You are the answer, Lord. So many things are hidden from us. And so many things we needn't know even now. For your word say the secret things belong to God. But one day, when we see you face to face, we'll have the answer to everything that happened in life. All our doubts will be cleared, O oh Lord. But tonight we ask for a special anointing, Father, that we will be able to answer to the best of the knowledge you have given us, the queries of your children. Some are intellectual, some are things, serious things that concern life. And I pray, Lord, you will help us to answer, help all of us to understand. So we surrender this time and ourselves into thy hands, O Lord. Be with us. Be with us and help us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Questions are coming in? Okay. Okay. So uh, before we start the question-answer session... Uh, can we have uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 46 on screen, please, if you don't mind? Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 46, and I'll read that. Then after three days, they found him, that is Jesus, in the temple, sitting in the midst of teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. So that is the scriptural backing for today's uh, session. So... Uh, I'll be going in some one particular order. If uh, let me see how it how it works out. We'll we'll start with the simplest and the cutest of all questions. We'll start with the children first. So the first question, of course, is Pastor, do pets yeah. go to heaven? Oh, we'll begin with the smallest <laughs> ones always in a family. The smallest ones. I think that is from Joanna and Amen. Do pets go to heaven? That's a very difficult question. <laughs> Honestly. But uh, all I can tell you, Svirat, is this. If you look into the Bible, it looks about, it talks about two dispensations, like after our time, the thousand-year rule of Jesus Christ, mm. and that seems to be on this earth. So there, if you read the book of Isaiah, you see the animals. and They are all tame. Even the lion is tame. So that's the time if you want to keep a lion as a pet, you can. <laughs> But now don't try it. Watch okay. it at the zoo. Okay. <laughs> but post that, 
Well, because then what happens is on earth there are still human beings with this kind of a body. My conjecture is this. I'm not making doctrine. Presumption is this. Post this, when we get the new body, this new spiritual body, it's God is a spirit, angels are spirit, Jesus has the body we will get. It's a spiritual body, come physical body. There is no death. So in that dispensation, I'm not sure whether there are animals who will never die. Okay, because death has been taken away, curse is gone in that new new creation. So in the new creation, whether there are animals, I am not sure. Second thing about you, I know because I've had these very senior people in the Lord also when they lost their cat and dog, they were very, very upset and they were very confident the cat will be in heaven and all. Well, I am not sure about that <laughs> because what will they do if there is no milk to steal in heaven? <laughs> but uh, the thing is that if you, if, we, if we notice, if you read the Old Testament, actually you will see that the animals don't have our kind of a soul. God did not breathe into them. You know? So I, uh, this is my again presumption. They don't make it to heaven. They don't, uh, their existence for me is temporary. It's temporary. It's not like a human existence. The human existence is eternal. Either in the lake of fire or with God is because God breathed his spirit into us. The, all the others were just created by his word. He did not breathe. So when I look at animals, I don't think, sorry to disappoint you if you have a pet, I don't think they have an eternal existence. Okay, so the little one is questions we will answer first. Yeah, more questions are coming in. Yeah. Okay, so mm. next question, of course, since mm. that we talked about uh, animals, uh, there's one question. God made man in his own image. Mm. What does that mean? How do we resemble God physically or character-wise? Okay, okay. That is from Genesis chapter 1. Like I said, right now in the first answer, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Okay, now in our human understanding to understand, how do you understand spirit? Like the Holy Spirit is ruah, which is breath. So if you if you try to think about it, spirit takes the shape of whatever container you put it into. That's why God does not have a specific form like we are. We are made of matter. We are made of matter, corporeal matter. God is not made of matter. So matter takes shape. Matter takes shape. So in that question, when God is talking about making man in his image, he's not talking about his physical image. He's talking about his spiritual image, which is his character. So God does not say in the Bible, look like me. He said, be like me. He never says, look like me. No, be like me. So you have God's uh, righteousness, his holiness, that, that entire gamut of that is God's image. And that's the image he made us, innocent of evil. Mm. We were man, Adam was, had no trace of evil at all. He was made innocent. He could fellowship with God completely, openly, because there was no sin in him. That's God's image. 
But you see, the gods of the world has been framed in the image of man. So they all have to look good. Mm. Good look, good beautiful, good handsome, or fearsome. But about Jesus, when he came, scripture says, not necessarily he was like that. There was nothing in him that could attract because the outward form was irrelevant. So scripture will talk about God's internal image. He will say, be like me. I'm meek and lowly. Learn of him. So you will never in the entire four gospels, you cannot make out what Jesus looked like. Mm. But you know what he was like. Mm. So that is the image into it. That's why in uh, Corinthians, uh, Second Corinthians 4, uh, 16 to 18, if I'm right, it's word 17, it says, outwardly, we are perishing, mm. meaning the outward form is irrelevant. But inwardly, which nobody can actually put a form to it, we are being tra- transformed. Inward man is being renewed day by day. That's the image of God. That's the image of Christ. That is where the glory lies. Mm. I hope you are. Uh, your questions are answered because this is a live show. If you are not answered, you can text back. Mm. Okay, so uh, another question, which is... The same person is asking, mm. can a person in coma, mm. okay, yeah. with with whom nobody has shared the gospel, nobody has shared the, the before, or, mm. before, okay, um, can he be saved wondrously? Can the spirit of God minister to him? Maybe somebody had prayed for his salvation. It's a very, I know, it's a very personal question for so many people. All I can say is, uh, God is sovereign. We in our we ourselves do not know whether this man heard or searched or anything. We do not know. Somebody spoke to him. We do not know. What was he seeking righteousness in his own ways, in whatever religion he was caught in, we do not know. Like in Cornelius' case, he was a righteous man. He was a Gentile. But God, he was actually seeking God. Therefore, God made a way for him to, in a dream, spoke and uh, hear from Peter. But that is the case where he's alive and he's well. One thing I know is the extreme limit God goes to save mankind because of his incredible love for him. That's the entire message of the cross. We see how even in his last moments when he is in unbelievable physical agony, he reaches out to a man's pleading and gets him into heaven. But connected with this, let me give you, um, now I'm not giving you a doctrine. I, I myself do not know what happened, but I know two cases. One happened in Assam, where one of the kids uh, who used to be part of my youth group, and uh, father was kind of very hostile to her faith. She had come to the Lord. Then one day she called me and said, Uncle, Uncle, would you please come? My father has been admitted into the ICU and at the Baptist Emmanuel Baptist Hospital there. Uh, now it is run by the Emmanuel Hospital Association. So I went in the night and he was in a coma. So I said, she said, Uncle, can you pray for him? But when I was about to pray for him, I heard in my spirit, the Holy Spirit saying, you pray for him, but give him the gospel in your prayer. So one thing I know people can hear in the coma because a coma is a different thing. It does not mean your soul cannot hear. So I prayed for him, but I gave him the entire gospel in my prayer to him. Then finished my prayer, was with them for a little while, and I left. 
I do not know what happened, okay? All I know is that 30 minutes later, she called to say that her father passed away. Okay, so, I do not know. These are beyond us. But all I can do is that if we will go to so much of an extent to save, to see a person is saved, how much more is God? No? And the second case I know, again, it was in an ICU. And uh, he was in a coma. And I still remember behind that glass, this thing, when I was praying. Uh, and he had all these tubes all through his nose, everything. And I could see him moving. And that person also, that night, passed away. So, three cases I know where it... One I know definitely. Two I know could have accepted the Lord in that state. So, I'm not putting more. But all I would tell is that don't wait till somebody reaches a <laughs> coma and uh, leave it till then. When they are alive in their senses, do everything that we can do and leave it to God. But possible? I believe it is possible. With God, all things are possible. Only God knows. You know, like medical science goes to a limit and it stops. After that, they cannot do anything. Like you go to a, with a problem counseling, a psychiatrist or a psychologist can only go till the soul level. Mm-hmm. Only God can go to that spirit level. Psychiatry, psychology does not even accept medically there is something like the spirit. spirit yes. But we know there is something like the spirit. So that's how I would like to put that question. And Pastor Vijay, you can add. No, no, I just want to ask you another question relevant to that. So how do you differentiate between a problem that is at the soul level or is it the spiritual level? How do you know it? No, the soul level accepts and the spirit is eliminated. Because if we are talking about salvation. At the soul level, the person understands and accepts the gospel at that level. Uh, Then the person is spiritually born again. Born again. So if if he's in the coma, then Mm. the soul is not active, right? It is active. The mind, the other physical, medically, they will say he's not responding. The soul never goes, I don't think the soul ever goes dead. Oh, okay, okay. So, the, okay, okay. So, it does not. The soul does not. I mean, so, I mean, we will not be medically be able to make him in the soul has got a, a different uh, format altogether. Otherwise, when you die, the soul also should be dying. The soul doesn't uh-huh. die. Even when you die, the soul goes to one place or the yeah, other. Uh-huh. So, the soul is not dying. Only thing, the soul is not able to connect to the body and the body is not able to give us anything, speak to us and mm. all. That connection is gone. But the soul that's, doesn't, when you are in a coma, that doesn't mean the soul has gone into a coma. Your body has gone into a coma. Okay, so, so the soul is not able to communicate with the, body. Communicate with the, the body, body and the body is not able to communicate to you. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody goes into medically induced solely, soulish coma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so then, uh, related to that, I mean, of course, not related. So, when you have a problem which is a person is facing, okay, mm. uh, we say, we talk about psychosomatic problem. Like we have yeah. the mm. soma, which is a which is a body within the soul, oh, soul, yeah. soul, soul, and and psychos. Mm. So, how do you how do you differentiate a part a person is struggling at the soul level or is he struggling at the spiritual level? How do you know it? How do you differentiate? Yeah. Talking about a believer, right? Yeah, a believer, exactly. The spirituals at the spiritual deeper spiritual level is very rare because the spirit was born of God. Mm. 
and when the, i i read it that way in first first john chapter 3 the one who is born from god does not sin yes. i don't really think the spirit is capable of sinning because the spirit was born of god and the spirit of god inhabits that person there yes okay but scripture also talks about cleansing the filthiness of the spirit, spirit. so yes. that is also their pride can come in there okay satan was a spiritual being he was not a soulish being so pride got in there so there are certain sins that can get into to the spirit not all certain things i personally believe i'm, I'm not putting across doctrine certain things can touch our spirit okay that's why the bible says worship the lord in spirit okay our spirit but in this case um in this most of the things are wounds of the soul most of the psychomatic diseases which where healing takes place like that where people have been oppressed of the devil jesus healing that that's all i believe 99.99% all of that is got to do with the soul and not with the spirit not with the soul it's got to do with the soul it is a soul that gets wounded and that is what is getting reflected in the body okay. that is what because the body the soul body body is soul conscious well the spirit speaks to the soul but uh, in this case psychomatic diseases i believe it's all got to do with the soul it is all got to do with the so that is the reason mm-hmm. why it's transformed by the renewing of your mind of your, your mind, mind is the mind. Mo- most and then then it has the effect on your body too when your spirit comes in and the spirit starts growing and your soul is getting healed mm. of all the wounds and forgiveness all this stuff is going out of your soul and your mind is getting renewed and you are obeying even with things connected with the body according to the renewed mind it has an effect on the on the body like pastor vijay deforested a uh, when he was preaching about moses and he talked about moses dying at 120 and his eyes and hearing everything is sharp unlike the others mm. there's also but why why is only moses mentioned is because they all ate manna they all drank the water so they were fit as a fiddle but the souls died away mm. you know the soul god sent leanness into their soul but he did not send leanness into, into Moses, Moses' soul. Yes. It was not lean. Amen. Absolutely fat in his soul. That yeah. is what it's talking about. Even on his last day he could see God, see in the sense perceive here and walk with him till his end. That is the effect actually it should have on our soul. Mm-hmm. Not that the body will body will perish anyway. Body will perish but it does not perish the other way like, you know. so like you will see at 80 a lot of people have gone senile yes they're not but you look at zack punan and ravi zack sharp at 80 they're mm-hmm. both in their 80s very sharp even this evening i heard what zack brother zack preached this week absolutely sharp okay because that's how you know you don't have to go that route but you can have illnesses because the whole system is messed up i'm not saying if any pastor at 85 has gone senile therefore there are issues i'm not saying that but we look into the word and we see if you handle your soul well it definitely has an effect on your body so and one, one more question regarding that pastor mm. so you have the uh, when you're growing when you're saying you're growing in the lord mm. so 
he's spiritually growing. They use mm. the term spiritually growing. Mm. So are you growing both in the soul level or in the spirit? How, how both, both. So but basically the spirit is taking over the soul. Okay. There is oneness between the spirit and the soul. The soul was what I was before I came to the Lord. Mm. And then I was born again. Mm-hmm. And now the spirit, the mind is being renewed. And okay. the mind is being renewed. The mind is being renewed. And because of that, I am able to hear more clearly yeah. now. When okay. the spirit speaks, the soul understands. Otherwise, even if the spirit speaks, the soul deciphers. It's like a foreign language. Yeah. That is where the soul is renewed by the word of God. And when God speaks, and also there is, you know, clarity comes in. You, you're you going beyond the cutting of the soul and the spirit. Like the Pharisees knew the word, but was only at the soul level. They didn't have a cutting edge which Jesus had, where the spirit will divide the word correctly. Divide the word correctly. That's why after some time they, they were scared to ask him questions. Asking questions. You know, we're like about David and all. That's what we are talking about. You hear it in your spirit and uh, you, what you call it, diagnose it in the soul and you know it is right because your confirmation is not so much from your soul, which where the word of God is, it's also from your spirit. spirit. Both agree. Okay. So when you're growing spiritually, I mean both, you both, both, both. So it's like when he, when, when he says Jesus was filled without measure. Mm. So even as his soul was growing, God was able to put, put more Lord, of his spirit yeah. into his heart, into, into, his, his, heart. into his life. His soul is growing. That's why scripture says he grew in stature, that is the body, and in wisdom. So as he's growing, he's getting filled and filled. How much could a man grow in this soul, in this body? He grew. grew. Okay. And he was filled without measure. Mm. Filled without measure. Okay. Maximum capacity. Even there with Jesus, I believe God limited him. Mm. So he doesn't know the day is coming, the hour is coming. A lot of things he did not know. So God, but was using him as the model we should follow. How a man can live by faith. You don't have to know tomorrow. Mm. I will tell you today. Okay. But now he knows the end from the beginning. But when he walked on earth, no. There are a lot of things Father kept from him so that we would walk that way. Okay. Awesome. All right. So now, Pastor, coming to some personal questions. Uh, okay. Or, or, or should we, or do you want no, to? No, you, you do the order. I have okay. no issues. Yeah. So the, but the, but, but I, I'm going to ask, and I divided this also into different parts. So okay. the first question, uh, the fun personal question, mm. okay, this is related to the family. Okay. Oh, okay. Family questions first. Mm. Hmm? Mm. Question nine is there in your, in your okay. case, she, she, Pastor. How do we know if we have a meek, gentle, and a quiet spirit? Oh. What if we shout at our children when they don't listen, even after repeatedly telling them? Okay, I didn't get that question. Okay, okay, Pastor, okay, okay, I'm going to read it out for you. Huh? How do we know if we have a meek, gentle, and a quiet spirit? Okay. What if we shout at our children mm. when they don't listen, even after repeatedly telling them? Okay. To do or not to do something? How do we deal with this? <laughs> first, uh, first make allowances for forgiving yourself. Because uh, a lot of parents uh, came to know the Lord only when they became parents. First thing, parenting is a learning experience. Okay, Learning experience. The only perfect parent that was ever there was God. And he struggles still today with his children. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, in this, what I have to, what I have to tell you is this. <coughs> like... Uh, the first dysfunctional family was in Eden. From that all, it's dysfunctional families. 
but here uh, you have to divide it into two things your child and your child's action these are two different things okay you have to deal with the child's action firmly and deal with the child child kindly one of the one of the lessons we were taught years years like when i had just one child was this when you discipline a child you wouldn't believe it it's still there in my bible the last page it's still there okay i don't i i think we should have a different session for this okay but the, because this is parenting the whole okay, thing okay okay fine, fine. okay uh, but i will probably teach next week i actually this evening was thinking next week i should deal with families but one thing i will tell you is that uh, you don't shout at a child you speak firmly you don't have to shout at a child because a child especially we're talking about a father a child will know when the tone changes you know, like i remember all my child can't even remember about my father shouting at me he didn't have to shout he just had to clear his throat <laughs> and that was enough i knew but other thing we say is that um, when you are angry i would always say when you are like there's another question if i saying how do you be angry and, and not, not sin, sin. Okay? Yes, now anger anger and self control should go together mm. you are angry with an issue you are not angry with a person yeah amen angry with an issue and not with a person when you are angry with a when you get angry and get angry with the person that's when you sin when you will say things which you are not supposed to say the things which you say is dealing with the issue issue so one of the lessons we always were taught was this you use a stick to punish a child and use only one stick it has to be kept there like that tube light reachable okay only one stick not anything that get you you grab hold when you are angry you know one stick and use it rarely but when you use it it should be an experience a child doesn't forget now okay many nations you are hearing corporal <laughs> corporal punishment and all those stuff and all okay so according to your system and your laws use it okay actually when the rod was taken away by all the laws the governments brought in the children also became rebels nothing to keep the child in line than a rod i know it as a child okay so that rod that's the only rod you will use uh, don't keep on saying i will i will take it i will take it i will take it. the child also knows how far he can push you we were taught like you say it once that's all you cross the line you will get it you cross the line take it so the child knows that this you know this parent cannot be pushed because if the child knows seven times is the limit it will go till six time and stop you know okay the reason is they said this hands are for loving the rod is for disciplining if you use your hands to beat up a child which you should never do beat up is a different term okay should never use this thing then when the child is afraid of something it is afraid to come to those hands because those hands was the one which caused pain so let it not be the hands that caused the pain it is something that is outside of you a rod that is sitting over there 
So God never spanned Israel. Israel. He used other rod, nations yes. as a rod to discipline them. Assyria has the rod of okay. my discipline. He's yes. the rod of my, my discipline. discipline. Yes. He didn't send hailstone and fire down and destroy his children. He never did that. Okay, so you have to look at it that way. But deal with your anger. Deal with your anger. The faster you deal with your anger, the easier it is to deal with your children. But always ask what is, again about this discipline, because you came into there, there's something about discipline. You need to be consistent about discipline. Consistent. You have to be consistent on discipline. That is, that is how you know whether, you, see, we, we, first, as a father, we need to have deep convictions. Yes. Okay, that comes from the word of God. So when you have deep convic- convictions, you are consistent. Because many fathers discipline according to their moods. And it is not out of conviction. It is because the child irritated them. Irritated them. Now the child does something and today you are in a bad mood, you get angry with the child. Tomorrow you are in a very good, the child does the same thing and you let it pass. So your disciplining is not coming from convictions. Well, God disciplines because God has deep convictions. It's not that he's in a good mood and he lets you away with sin and tomorrow he's in a bad mood and he punishes you for sin. He doesn't do that. So parents, father and mother has to be very sure you have deep convictions. Sometimes we don't have deep convictions, we have deep opinions. Convictions come from the word of God. Okay, word of God. So you have deep convictions about it and then you have to be consistent about it so the child gets it very clearly. This may not even understand it then but realizes this is something doesn't matter what mood daddy or mommy is in you cross a line with this you are in trouble and a little later it gets imprinted into it and then when they grow up they will understand this is the reason this is a deep conviction which my father or mother held and it's got to do with God's nature yes okay so another personal question um if adultery is what I'm struggling with, oh, okay. how do I recognize the iniquity that is driving it? Okay. Or for that matter, any sin. Okay. If there, there's a sin that I'm struggling with, mm. how do I recognize the iniquity, iniquity that is driving it? In this case, uh, like uh, here is, we have questions from, from all the way from US to Australia to India to Bhutan to all the places. Questions are coming in. Okay, We have questions from Middle East, everywhere. So we are not revealing the identities because it comes into your personal mail. So tomorrow we'll deal with more tougher questions. <coughs> Iniquity can be different in different situations. It can flip. Okay, it can flip. Like the one I used two days back was uh, Abraham was afraid. That's why he lied. Uh, Isaac was afraid. That's why he lied. So it is fear that is causing them to lie. lie. Mm. Okay? And by the time you come to Jacob, okay, he lies. He lies, okay? And he's afraid. He's afraid. He lies and he's afraid. Now what happened is in Jacob's case, his iniquity is uh, lying, not fear. 
Fear is what is manifested. He runs away because he says, Esau will kill me. Then he runs away quietly because he says, Laban will kill me. But the iniquity is that he lied. He wanted, coveted, wanted that blessing and he lied for that blessing. That's why God does not ask him, why are you afraid? He asks him, what is your name? And he says, my name is Jacob. So he says, good, now you have told the truth because that is where the whole thing had started. So it can, in this case of adultery, the iniquity that is driving it is, it is lust. It is lust. Now, there can be more than one iniquity that drives you into it. One is definitely, definitely the propelling factor is lust. Second thing is, or maybe more important than is, um, is what has been passed down in the family line. Mm. What has been passed down. Like Abraham said, and you will see Isaac said in the same situation, it's been passed down the family line. So maybe there is a history of adultery in your family. That is iniquity that is passed down, which has to be. Yes, people will say one verse from Jeremiah, God has said the father has bitten on sour grapes, children say. But that's talking about a different perspective altogether. Okay, all together. First Corinthians 5.17 will say, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. That is also there, but that is all positional. Functional is a different thing. When you become completely a new creation, all that effects is gone. So there will be different things that has caused you, causing you. Now, I would, in this particular question that is asked, uh, what you are struggling because there is a, the the struggle here is mentioned as adultery, so I would I would ask this person. I'm not mentioning the names. Ask this person: Are you only interested in? I'm not men, mentioning the gender also. So, are you interested only in a married man or a married woman, or are you interested also in unmarried? Because you use the word adultery, and adultery can only happen with uh, with married people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether the person who wrote is married or not. Okay, so you have to be very clear, very clear about it. Because if it's a married person, with a you know, the format changes. But if it's an unmarried person, again, it, we are talking about fornication and not adultery. Okay, so you have to diagnose it as how it is okay because why are you why are you attracted only to married men or married women you know because then it is not just lust alone because lust is neutral Ma- married or unmarried lust doesn't look like that look at it that way why are you so there could be lots of other hidden issues in it yes hidden issues in it but the first thing that has to stop is the adultery has to stop. Okay, and primary thing that is empowering it is lust, and one of the simple ways to battle lust and overcome lust is fasting. You know, you stop feeding it. Fasting does not mean just physically fasting. Fasting from everything that feeds into that lust. Yes. Yes. Feeds into that love. What feeds into lust? Mm. The things you see, the things you watch, the books you read, the programs, 
the no you you will have to take very very strong because also depends how long such a lifestyle you have had the stronger will be the bondage so you will need even more you will have to take even more strong remember you can't do it on your own god is there with you but you will have to do your own god doesn't supernaturally do it for you like that but god will god will do it for you and sometimes it can be very very painful when god does it can be that's why he says some some are saved through fire yesterday we looked at it this was one issue david had david had this issue picking up women picking up women picking up women began that he that becomes his issue in his life and then he picks up bethsheba there he crossed the line when he crossed the line god had to take him through the fire and that's why his family go messes up his son rapes his daughter another son kills that son so all that happens when it is all happening the sword is working through him that's why even in his old age when they bring that girl called abishag abishag, abishag he stays away because it's the pain is too much he is being delivered out of it through the fire through the fire and one doesn't have to go that way but you know and god will do it i'm telling you god will do it and we'll say okay but i am not married i'm struggling with it okay i'm telling you will end up with std that <laughs> is the end of your sex life but god will deliver you through it will deliver you through it because god loves you we are more worried about the body he is more worried about the soul you know how many hiv people have we counseled and they came to the lord through hiv came through it yeah is it a is it a spirit of adultery see it's a, it's an unclean spirit mm. okay unclean yes. spirit that's what i said there are there are a lot of spirits involved so the spiritual realm there's a spirit of lust there's an unclean spirit and there is a spirit that is involved which also gets in which breaks marriages division spirit of division yeah, that will cause cause adultery will break a marriage down so that spirit also comes in uh, uh, that's that's why i said no and okay so, so many are there so many are there and when mm. when scripture says that mm. he who sins uh, i mean in in this yeah. in this manner sins mm. against his own body what mm. does it mean because god is residing over there because his soul is one with god that's the same context it is used his spirit is one with god and he has gone and made himself one soul with another person so essentially when you're saying adultery there's a lot of spiritual transaction it's that is soul tag and there is uh, they become one soul so in actual deliverance which i don't want to go into over there what we do is when we do deliverance with people who confess and say that when we pray over them we call back the parts of their soul that is yoked with their with their partners ask it to come back and release that part person's parts also back because you know that's why some people are never able to get over mm. even though it's over and done and gone they are not able to get over because the spiritual realm it is like uh, you carrying your ex girlfriend's photograph with you but it is all imprinted in the soul and they and and in the demonic they use it they use it to mess you up 
because it's in the dark. That's why God says, bring it to the light, confess it to God, finish it off, and ask that part to come back so that your soul is healed. The soul is healed. You know? Oh boy, so that is deep. So, I think this, but there should be a determination in all of us to overcome it. That yeah, not that give up. it begins from it. People know it. They all know it. Everybody who's heard the word of God know it. That's why you have to go to God and say, Lord, give me the strength. I know I have to do it. And sometimes people don't have the strength to do it. And you need to cut it off. And, uh, and, no? and God's a God of restoration. Everybody, anybody, any situation, God can restore. Okay, Pastor, mm. because it is connected with iniquity, mm. there's one more question. Okay. Uh, this question, uh, it says, the last question, it says, mm. during this lockdown, we noticed our kids are becoming more stubborn. Okay. More pride is in them, etc. Mm. Mm. We find that certain things of the world is in them. Mm. Is it because of generational curses and sin caused through us as parents? That's a, <laughs> that's a very... <laughs> uh, see, with the kids, uh, you, uh, I mean, especially with the lockdown, okay, you have to sympathize with the kids. They don't know what Corona is. They don't know why their freedom has been taken away. Only thing they like is both parents are there. And honestly, parents are not fighting with each other. Children are usually very happy. Okay, so when they are stubborn is because we understand the government's lockdown. Our movements have been restricted. So we have to able to, we are able to adjust our thinking with the restrictions, but they are not able to. So it is not they are being stubborn in so many ways. You have to work it around where you make life uh, happy for them. Okay. Happy for them and they will. And uh, I don't know about pride because they are too small to have all that. I know these kids are small. Okay. Yeah. You will, because uh, the other thing is that it is not the things in the world you identified uh, came out now. It's because you are, the parents are spending so much time with their children. They are seeing it. It was always there. <laughs> Okay, it was always there. Now we parents who are shut down with the children will suddenly discover things which were in the children because otherwise you are away most of the time. Most of the time. But that is that is how you have to handle it. Iniquity is iniquity is there, but not at that at that age because the kids are very small. I know the person not mentioning names here, kids are very, very small. But remember, a child is born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Okay, it is there. So these are things we discipline and we do not. That's where I said you have to have deep convictions and you have to be consistent. consistent yes. That so that they understand this behavior is not accepted. This behavior is not accepted. Another personal question. Yeah. As a related to spiritual walk. Yeah. Uh my question is how to be still and hear God's voice. Okay. When I try it during my personal prayer, mm. I get distracted. Mm. During the time I'm reading the word and while I'm hearing a message, I do get answers to my questions. Mm. But I wonder how God spoke to the people in the past. Did mm. God speak to their heart, heart aloud? Uh, or aloud? We, we are talking about, uh, when in the, I will begin from the end, the last question. Did mm. speak to their heart or aloud? If mm. you go to the Old Testament, the pattern is completely different. In the Old Testament, God spoke to people in different ways. And the book of Hebrews begins like that way. He spoke in different ways. But now, in our age, God has spoken to us through, through his son. His son. Mm. But primarily, more than that, why is it so different now and then? Is now we have the Spirit of God residing in, in us. us. Yes. 
we have the witness of the Holy Spirit in us, who is the one who causes us to cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit coming within us changes the dynamics completely. Completely changes. That's why God says the least in the kingdom is greater than the greatest in the old covenant is because of who is in us. So there, it is the Holy Spirit that is speaking to you, like you, you say here. During the time I'm reading the word or while I'm hearing a message, I do get answers to my question. That's the Spirit of God mm. aligning this thing. When the word of God is coming, the Spirit of God is saying, look, that's your answer mm. from within. He's showing you the answer and God does it. With prayer, it's a discipline. Prayer is the most difficult discipline of life. The most difficult discipline of life is prayer. And uh, most people struggle with prayer because we have only uh, pray for five minutes, ten minutes, an average man, and it's more like a memorized prayer, finish it and go. But uh, prayer is more listening. And it is a long-term discipline where after some time you start hearing in your prayer. But till that happens, God will always speak to you through the word. He will speak to you when you are reading the word. The Holy Spirit will always speak. Hearing in prayer consistently is the most uh, valuable, but the most difficult. It is not It is not easy because you have to have a discipline. Even reading the word, you have to have a discipline because, you know, God uh, does not waste his words. He does not. He speaks to those who values his words and values his time. Like if we as pastors are very particular about time, okay, 10 o'clock appointment and then you haven't come, you haven't come, then how much more is he? Not that he has issues with time, but he's putting those parameters so that we value him and value his word. I I remember when uh, sometime back uh, we were talking about... Volume is okay, no? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, when, uh, I remember that when uh, when uh, Samuel was heard the voice of God for the first time, mm-hmm. he heard it as the voice of Eli. Mm-hmm. So uh, in order to have the discipline of hearing from God, first we come under the subjection of authority. For example, if you are placed under your parents, you will first listen to your parents and obey your parents. And over a period of time, even as you consistently uh, prove yourself in that, that is children, yeah. And then you, mm-hmm. over a period yeah. of time, I mean, yeah. for, for everybody for that yeah. matter. Like for example, if I'm un, in a church mm-hmm. and uh, I consistently listen to the people who are un, over me, mm-hmm. and then over a period of time when I have obeyed and obeyed and obeyed, God will definitely, because he has to trust me also, right, with his words. Uh, do you uh, think... Do we you think we cannot put that pattern into that. We cannot put that pattern into anybody because then we are putting God in a, in a box, like if you look at Saul of Tarsus, God supernaturally cut through everything and spoke to him. And there are instances in 2000 years history where God directly spoke to a person when nobody was listening. Mm. But God knows that man or like David in the wilderness is prepared. You know, he knows that. Okay, But we have to put these are steps. steps. Yes, if you are put in a format, then go under that format. But if you are not put in a format at all like uh, Abraham in the hour of the Chaldeans, God spoke yes, to yes, him. Yes. Okay, he's uh, in the land of the Gentiles and God speaks to him. Okay, so we have to look in the back. But this is the normal format. Mm. But God also works what we say 
out of the box too. Uh, but okay. when we are mm. saying out of the box, it is not a consistent thing, right? We are it's here, not a consistent thing. No, what I'm what I'm talking about is that if some if somebody to somebody God speaks out of the box, mm. he should he should not. Uh, he should not uh, question say it. question it. Okay, okay, question. Then it. that would be dangerous for, for him, him too. Yes, sure, sure, sure. Too, yeah. No? Okay, no? Like if Saul of Tarsus had decided, I saw who is that Jesus? Said, okay, let me go back to Jerusalem and check with the chief priest whether it is you or not. The yeah. whole thing would have fallen apart. Yeah, he, he said he didn't, didn't confer yeah, with his flesh and blood. Yes, he, he didn't, didn't confer with his flesh and blood. blood yes. no? So sometimes people make the whole, Joseph's first mistake was he went and conferred with flesh and blood. And they were all in hierarchy above him. He should have just kept his mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And God had spoken to him, overriding everybody. He didn't speak to his father too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes those things can be, and just wait it out. Okay. And God will confirm it to you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now this is questions rela- regarding Nephilim. Everybody has questions. Okay. Uh, so we will finish this topic once and for all, Pastor, and then we can go into that. Okay. Okay. Nephilim. Nephilim questions all together. All right. Uh, there were giants on the earth in those days and also... Uh, by the way, a second, for all the dear ones who are sending in the questions today, now, I will probably go with, with that tomorrow or Monday, whichever way, okay? Because we have all these questions, so we will go by time. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. there were giants in, on earth in those days and, mm-hmm. uh, and also after that, when the sons of man, or sons of God, came to the daughters of men and they bore children. Mm-hmm. Those were mighty men, men of old, men of renown. Mm. Uh, regarding afterwards in the above verse, mm. so did they? Did we have Nephilim even afterwards? And the answer is yes. Okay. Now the first question we are talking about is uh, uh, like let me explain to you because there was another question also. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll ask thing, you no? uh, about Nephilim because the the Hebrew word is Nephilim, which comes from Nafa, which means the fallen ones. There are two absolute different schools. Hard. On two sides. One side says the sons of God were the sons of Seth. That line was kept pure. And the sons of the daughters of man were the other ones who had messed up. So that is one school. And very godly people believe in that. Okay, Very godly. Because nobody wants to get into that Nephilim business. Because then you get into the demonic and deliverance. So they want to stay away from it. Okay. So they... But here it looks like within they will... Uh, will Ask the question, how can uh, angels have sex and all those things? Okay, so we leave all that aside. We leave all that aside because how they did it, what? But it looks like these were the fallen angels. And uh, Peter talks about, Jude talks about those who did not keep their estate, these ones were locked up. We are using the term Nephilim or giants, and we also know from every part of the globe any culture. Mm. In every culture, ancient culture, they talk about giants. Mm. Okay, the uh, Indian one, of course, they call it as Rakshasas. Okay, yeah, the giants. They were giants. Okay, and then you have, uh, in the Greek one, they are called titans. Okay, so giants are there, you know, how did, how come so separated cultures which were never connected all, say, like the flood record is there yeah, with everybody. Everyone, yes. Everybody, I'm right. Manu. And India also has it. 124 different civilizations, cultures has the flood record. Even the American Indians have about a canoe and one family alone being saved from the great flood. So everybody has this. And along with that also comes the Rakshasas. Mm. Then if you look into it, 
the giants were there consistently. You will look there. After that, we see giants in the promised land. Okay, We saw the giants, the sons of Anak, who come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. That is numbers. And you commit all the way down to Goliath is a giant. Okay, you will come in the book of Judges, you will see giants coming. But after that, what we see is giants seems to be restricted to where the children of Israel are children of Israel are, because these giants are basically, earlier it was to mess up the whole world, the seed of the woman would kill, so that was the plan, and now they realize it's going to come from a localized area, it is going to come from Canaan. With Abraham moving into Canaan, they understood this is where it is going to come from. Therefore, to stop, like the devil, once he knows the plan, he understands, he heard what God is telling Abraham, your generations will come and you will take over the land. So he's preparing that land to defeat them. Giants, a mighty army he raises up in Canaan. Okay, mighty army he raises up in Canaan of giants and fortified cities and all. That is what scared them. But Joshua's generation will cut it off. Then later in David's generation also you will see. So giants are there. Then connected with that, there was some other question. Yeah. So he says, how can it be confirmed the sons of God are the fallen angels? Because that's the only three references are there in the book of uh, Job where sons of God are angels. Mm. Okay, they are called sons of God. It cannot be confirmed doctrinally like are they, like one is. The term used is Nephilim. And Nephilim comes from the root word fallen ones, connected with the fallen angel. Second, in Job, there are three references, and every time when the word son of God is, or sons of God is used, it refers to angels. Angels, yes. Angels. The direct creation of God. Yeah, angels. So, then, then why are the Nephilim not found presently, or are they found presently? Yeah, the thing is that if you look at the old times, if you look at the old times, uh, everything was connected with a physical battle. Physical battle, Okay. Everything was connected with a physical hand-to-hand battle. That's how armies won. So is where the prominence of the physical giant being there. They say the entire warfare changed. If you look at, um, I would say like, this is year 2000, no? So 6000. Almost 5,500 years of warfare changed once once gunpowder was discovered. Mm. Everything changed. Castles had no meaning. Mighty men had no meaning. All the, Everything changed. Mm-hmm. Now you need strong men only for endurance. Because the gun changed everything. Mm-hmm. Dynamite, gunpowder changed everything. So warfare changed completely. Everything. That's why nobody builds forts and castles and all. It, it's pointless. Yes. All that is pointless. So now when we are talking about giants, we cannot think in terms of people with huge physical stature. Cannot talk about physical t- stature. We have to look at stature in different fields which pertain to humankind. So that's why we use terms like he's a giant in sports and he's a giant in movie industry, he's a giant in the financial field, giants, giants, giants. And I don't know where these people have come from. They are not 8 feet or 10 feet tall, but their achievement seems to be like abnormal. abnormal. Mm. So, 
is there something that is happening that we do not know? Like, I know it's happening, but I don't want to put it across here saying a lot of uncanny stuff is happening. Everything is working? Are we visible? Yeah, right? That one is also working? No. One camera is there. No, see, this is what I told you. No. One camera is enough. We are very happy. Okay, by the way, our boys are all here for all this setup. Like, if you can clap for essential workers, all of you in your homes, clap for two minutes. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is a, okay. No? So, a lot of stuff is happening. So, we do not know because Jesus said it will be like that in the days of, of the Noah. days of Noah. No, it will be like that. So, I personally believe there is a demonic mm. and a human connection that has been going on for the past many years mm. and everything is changing okay. everything is changing so that is yes. that is when same co- the same person mm. asks mm. then therefore mm. what do you talk about when you say about three dimensions mm. or the three realms mm. how do you explain it in uh, ways that we can understand like it's the simple way to understand is like one is a physical realm that is ours material realm that is earth it is made of matter Okay. The other two is spiritual realms. It's like, it's simple thing is that when you look into a mirror, what do you see? Mm. No man has seen his soul. But he does not doubt his soul. Yes. No? You can see your brain, but you cannot see your thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you cannot see. So your soul is there, your spirit is there. These both are realms. These both are realms. Okay. Yet what you can see is your body. Is your body. So the physical world, that is the first realm. First in the sense of order, not higher, but the lowest actually. Okay, the physical realm. The second realm is what we believe is the demonic realm. It's a spiritual realm. And the third realm above that is God's realm which controls. So the spirit, the soul and the body. And the spirit, no no unbeliever has a spirit. It is, it is dark. Because the sin took it off. So it has to be lighted again. So we do not expect from an unbeliever what God expects from us. Expects from us. They can only, they can only have, like I said yesterday, they can have pleasure in the body and happiness in the soul. They cannot have joy in the spirit. They cannot have joy in the spirit. Joy in the spirit is irrelevant of what is happening outside. It's relevant because it's coming from deep within because you have seen the eternal reality. Yes. Hmm. Anything connected with that? Uh, yeah, that's about it. So why is there no redemption for the one-third of fallen angels? Ah, Somebody asked that question, uh. right? Why is there no redemption for... Like, see, we can only hypothesize, okay? I'm not giving you... Because these are what we call... These are secret things, okay? You are secret things of God. But we can... Uh, Put across this as presumption. Uh, these are, one thing, these are spiritual beings. Angels were spiritual beings. And they uh, lived and served in the presence of God. Presence of God. Okay? So that means, unlike us, they knew God. They knew God. So when they fell, they fell literally from the presence of God. So there is, I I believe there is no redemption for them because they saw, they saw who he is, they saw his glory, they saw his power, they saw his might, they saw his goodness, they saw it all. Like, and they fell away. Okay, they fell away. 
That is why God in his wisdom, when he makes us, he makes us out of earth and teaches us to walk by faith. If he had made us like them and we had fallen, we too would have no redemption. Would have had no redemption. You know? So we'll think, oh, I wish I could see. God says, it's better not to see now because to whom much is given, much is required. Okay, How many times did Israel have to sin to be shut out? Ten. How many times did Moses have to disobey? One, Only one. Because he had seen much. So the standard for them is much, much, much higher. That's all I can say. That one third of them, there is no redemption for them because they are spirit beings. And they were there in the presence of God and sin had entered into them and he cast them out. And the other two are set that way. Okay. That's, there is no, that is the reason why he says when uh, Adam and Eve uh, sinned and they fell, mm-hmm. God blocks the way to the tree of life. Tree of because life. He says they have become like one of us. But now if they eat from that other one, they will live forever. And they will have to be cast to hell with the demonic. So he shut them there completely. That's why they, we all think the devil is smart. He's not so smart. He should have told Eve, eat from both trees. If he really wanted to take, no, that's what sometimes we think he's too smart. He's not too smart. You know? <laughs> not too smart. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, one question that Vipin asked, he, he mentioned that. Okay. So he says, um, Will the rapture be before or after or during the tribulation? Oh, uh, I would want to leave it alone. Okay. Because so, so why he says we that have three. Yeah. What is the other part? He says some pastors on TV seem to be saying, as I heard, that this corona pandemic is the devil trying to bring tribulation now before the rapture. The devil can't do anything. Could it be true? God has set everything in motion. God is in control. He can. Uh, even the devil is used for God's purpose. You know, so devil cannot speed anything or postpone anything out of God's timeline. He can't do anything. Okay, he cannot do anything. The problem here is uh, the only one who can hasten the coming of Jesus Christ is not the devil, it is the church. It is the church. So don't give the devil any credit which he doesn't deserve. You know? so, but tribulation, there are these three schools, pre, mid, and post. And because all godly scholars are divided into three groups, I stay out of all three. And I will say, all you can do is just prepare. And if you ask me which is easy to prepare, if there is, there are groups who don't even believe in rapture at all. Godly men who do not believe in rapture at all. Okay. So, what do you want to do? Fight with all of them? No. Nobody is very sure about these things. And everybody has their chart and their scriptures to support their view. You look at each chart and say, oh, this is right. You look at oh, this is also right. And this is also right. And finally you decide I will stick to this and have no charts. 
because you don't know what it is but all we can tell is that like i told you the i don't believe because people are always looking at tribulation in terms of physical and i don't believe it is god is talking about the physical yes, part yes. i think he's talking about the great tribulation is the deception that is coming in where even the elect will not survive because physical torture is not the issue how much more can you torture a person after a point he becomes unconscious when I mean, we do not we have no clue what in the middle ages how they tortured people to recant jesus christ they had huge wheels on which a man is tied like this and they turn the wheel slowly until every bone in his body is is broken torture temp- chambers yeah they had absolute mm. all kinds of i mean unbelievable even now you go to europe and all those places those stuff is kept as museum pieces and all how they used to torture people everything possible wickedness has never changed only thing now we have instruments now they don't torture you like that they just take your organs away and use it for something else but torture has always been the same so what are you associating tribulation with no can you be tortured more today than the way they were tortured in the past no so i don't associate tribulation so much with physical torture i believe it is more than that that uh, your mind your mind will be your i don't even fear uh, like your mind like them injecting chemicals into you where your mind they take control even that i don't worry about it because your mind is taken control of you will be always judged by what you were before that god is sovereign and he is righteous his judgments will be always righteous imagine i believe in the lord jesus christ until now i am holding today i am taken by some powers and they inject me and they control over their my my mind and they make me say and do stuff and all you think i'll be judged no that is chemically induced it's chemically induced the real me would never do that so that way you are safe but the more than that is the deception where you also agree with the deception because you were not strong in the word and the devil talks about the deception that he will actually deceive with resurrection and with fire from above and all these signs and wonders because everybody when they talk about antichrist they don't realize when the antichrist comes he will not come as antichrist he will come as christ mm. he will come as christ that is how christians will the elect will get fooled he's not going to come as antichrist he will come as santa he has christ and the issue is that if you're walking in your flesh or a believer and you're walking in the flesh he will be everything that your flesh longed for everything your flesh longed for that theology is the dangerous one that theology is the dangerous one. and that's what theology that is permeating everywhere and that is where the problem comes and many of these big timers you see on tv with millions remember they, they that's what people do not know their foundational doctrine is based on what is called dominion theology uh, dominion yes. theology the dominion theology is like god has given me power authority that's not what i am talking about that's a right kind of a dominion their dominion is different adam had power everything and he sinned and satan Mm, took okay. it over so that's why when jesus is tempted he says that and uh, he does not negate that now that jesus has won and he has stripped satan off now the church has regained dominion from satan now the the church has to exercise and enforce the dominion of jesus christ on earth and when he comes you are handing it over to him that is the entire basis of the prosperity gospel oh 
That's where their dominion theology comes from. But Jesus never taught never. that. He yes. never said that. Never said that. Even when the Israel the yeah. disciples asked, yeah. Her, yeah. "Are you going to restore yeah. the kingdom it's of Israel?" Israel? No, it's not. Now He wants us to have dominion over sin, sin and sin. powers of darkness. Yes. Okay, over sin and connected with that is powers of darkness. Okay, other than that, no. He's not giving us that kind of a dominion over it. But that is their theology. That is why they have to live that life like that. You need to understand why they talk about so much money, big houses, all these things they are talking about. It's got to do with that dominion. No sickness. If you have sickness in your body, then you are not right. All this, is, everything has got to do with dominion theology. Where you are the problem is people don't understand what is the 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 bottom line of their theology, and they look at so many things which they preach which are good and accepted. Without realizing they're actually accepting the whole package. And when you accept the whole package, you come under power of witchcraft. Because it is deception. It is deception. And that's how a lot of people will fall away. Fall away. When this happens, they will fall away. They'll say, we did not sign up for this. Just exactly like it happened in China. When the Maoists came into China, all those years... The missionaries had prepared them, saying rapture will happen, nothing will happen, preparing for They said rapture did not happen, Mao came. And they say millions of them fell away from the faith. Fell away from the faith. They left because they, they were never prepared for a time and a season like that. So they fell away. And the, what survived is what you see the unbelievable underground church in China. They were stripped of everything. They were sent in has like no sewage workers, sweepers, housemates, all well-to-do people, all were taken away. But God turned it around. They had access to houses. And they became the witnesses and the church grew. So we have to be very, very careful. You preach this thing, an entire world of Christians arises who thinks we are dominion. And then times like this comes. Famine comes. They'll all follow. What happened to our dominion? No, what happened? Dominion. Some of their prayers are like that. I execute judgment over coronavirus and all. Come on. And then at the end of the prayer, say that oh, I also prophesy vaccine. No, come on. And that is for me is deception because vaccination, if vaccination, worldwide mandatory vaccination is part of the demonic agenda. How come you are sanctioning it from the pulpit? Come here. So then a whole lot who listen to you, maybe two million people will say vaccination is from God. Mandatory vaccination is from God. If one is mandatory is from God and the other mandatory is from God, the next mandatory is God, the mark also is mandatory from God. That is how deception comes in. Comes in. That's the danger of it. You know, danger of it. Nowhere did in Jesus' ministry he is executed judgment over sickness and said, Go take vaccination. He didn't do that. He just healed people. You just heal people, you know. So this is where danger comes in, and that is the danger of it. Okay. Yeah. Question, which is general to uh, in the. Please explain godly sorrow mm-hmm. and true repentance. It's not here, Pastor. Okay. Right. So please. Please explain godly sorrow, true repentance. I've been saved for twenty-five years, but I keep falling, keep going back to the cross. I know His grace is sufficient, but I can't okay. seem to overcome. The male that just came in. It's a male? No, 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 no it's one. It's not there in this? It's not, it's there here. Oh, yeah, it's there, okay. Yeah. Godly sorrow, true repentance. I've been saved for 25 years. I keep calling, falling, keep going back to the cross. I know his grace is sufficient. Okay, but this is, this is, this issue, when you say I keep falling, uh, 
doesn't have so much to do with godly sorrow or true repentance. It's basically got to do with iniquity. Mm. You have godly sorrow and true repentance about the sin which you are committing, so that's why you keep going back. But you want to break that circle, that chain. That's only possible by getting breaking that iniquity off. Now, this is a general question, but like the example we gave about uh, Zacchaeus, uh, his outward sin was uh, was stealing, exhorting from the people. But uh, iniquity that was empowering it is covetousness. No, covetousness. And the only way he could overcome it is, and probably every time, because he was a devout Jew, every time he came back, he must have felt bad about it and said, So Lord, sorry, I will not take it from tomorrow, and tomorrow again he takes. Okay, but that day when Jesus comes to it, that first thing which he does, he says, Half my wealth I sell to the poor and give it. And from all who have taken, I will give it back. It is. So this is there, but you have to, this question is there, it's a general question. But to overcome, you have to identify what it is and break it off that way. Prayerfully, prayer-wise, break it if it's iniquity that has passed down, you know, passed down uh, uh, like, you know, from the, both the pipeline because it comes down family to family, certain things come down. And second, you have to identify what it is and break it. And like I said, what will, what do you need to do to break it, you know? In Jacob's case, he had to identify before somebody who could break it. It is God because he had lied to his father. So in that setup, there is nobody above his father. Nobody above his father. It is only the Lord himself. So the Lord asked him the question and the Lord is the one who breaks. In Zacchaeus' case, it was covetousness. So you have to identify it and maybe you will have to go meet your pastor if he's a godly man, meet him, speak to him, and let him pray over you and break it. Because there's something that happens. People people don't realize, uh, like, you know, people who have done excellent, well, academically excellent, everything, and they don't get their breakthrough. It's only when they pray, they will realize that when they were at school, they acted smart and did something, and the teacher cursed them. Mm. Cursed them. You'll never do well in life. Them. It's only when they realize and then they say, okay, why don't you write an apology letter? Okay, write an apology letter if you can find him. If not, you cannot find him, track him, then it's okay. You confess it and the, uh, the pastor has an authority before God, breaks it over his life and immediately you see things start changing for that person. People don't want to believe in those things, but this is how God's kingdom works. works. It's a kingdom of righteousness. The kingdom of righteousness, and Jacob understands it. He loves Rachel, but Rachel is dying as Benjamin is being born, and in her sorrow and her grief and depression, whatever she is going through, she names her son Benoni, son of my sorrow. And Jacob knows that's not what is going to be. He changes it immediately and says, "It is Benjamin, son of my right hand." No, but the mother pronounced a curse. And the father pronounced a blessing. So you will see Benjaminites are always stuck like that. The first so king who comes over there, he is a Benjaminite. And then you have Saul of Tarsus who is again from the tribe of Benjamin. You will see first half of Saul's life is he's a son of sorrow. And after that he's a son of God's right hand. 
Apostle Paul. Because the mother cursed and the father blessed. And these are the two authorities in your life. You know? So these things work. So you have to understand it, break it, and move in your freedom. And then you are free. You know? So connected with authority is that... Mm. Question number 19, it says, the ones in authority take advantage of people. How do you deal huh, with that? But, uh, see, this is, uh, you are talking about... 19, 19. Yeah, I know that, but uh, what is the context in uh, talking about... Okay, we are, we are talking about people... Now, if you go for that question that was asked, once in authority take advantage right. of people, so what should we... Uh, no, where... Uh, Paul talks about praying for all those who are in authority. First Timothy chapter 2. Yeah. Chapter, I urge you. Okay. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. And 2. 1 and 2. Therefore, yeah. Therefore, first of all, that I, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Mm. So, now who's writing this? Paul is writing to Timothy. And who is ruling? Nero. Caesar. The most wickedest dispensation is ruling. But what is he saying? Our job, this is a format that first of all, for kings and those who are in authority. For what? So that we may lead quiet and peaceful life in all godliness. So they give us an atmosphere of peace. That's the reason we pray. Right? Pray. That's all. Okay. That's what we pray. Why? Why do we need peace? For the preaching of the gospel. Ultimately that is it. No, administration gives us peace. We have better opportunities to preach the gospel. Okay, that's the only thing. Everything else, it is connected to God. Everything else, we are not connecting it with man at all. So, when it is talking about people in authority, here, the ones in authority take advantage of people. Yes, they do, because they are wicked. Mm -hmm. They are wicked. Because we don't look at, at them. They'll always take up, because power corrupts, and absolute, and absolute power, power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. absolutely. And the devil told it to Jesus, if you worship me, I'll give you power. I'll give you power. So people in authority will take advantage. But I think this is connected with uh, a couple of other, you know. Yeah. It, it could be also in this context of authority. So, mm. uh, it's there in First Peter chapter 5. And mm. uh, verse... Uh, um, Sorry, we are not looking at the camera, okay? Because we are not used to these things, yeah. okay? But you're getting your answers, I hope so. So it says in First, first Timothy, First Peter, uh, first Peter chapter five, mm. verses six and seven. Mm. It says, uh, "Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, mm. and He may that He may exalt you in due time, casting mm. all your care yes. upon Him, for mm. He cares for you." Meaning, mm. you don't have to worry about people taking uh, advantage advantage of, advantage of you. Mm. That could be one of the concerns that people generally have is that what if they take advantage of me but the moment you submit to submit to this god will ensure, yeah, the whole ensure that he pattern you. of life we have to look at is there is uh, if you're looking at life in the simple material realm alone then you will think they are taking advantage of you mm. okay uh, if uh, Joseph, Joseph, exactly. Yeah, Joseph could have think that working this long hours and this thing, Potiphar is taking advantage of me. Why, why, why have, why do I have to work for this man like that? I will do like all the others. 
or in the prison. I will be like all the other prisoners. But he's not looking at the temporary realm. He's looking at the eternal, this thing. So in this circuit, Potiphar took advantage of him. He prospered and then threw him into jail. If you look at it, jail warden also is relaxing, nice, no more supervision needed because I got a good fellow who will take care of So mm. technically speaking, he's taking advantage of him. Mm. Okay. But who became prince? Neither Potiphar nor the prison warden. So we have to look at life that way. People in authority will take advantage of us. Like if you're a good employee, good, uh, like you know, those days when we were in the secular realm, mm. if they look at you and they find that you're an honest employee, you get the most load. Absolutely. Mm. Because you know, the, the the administration realizes you can be called upon and, and they will yes. not say no. Yes, you will not say no. But uh, are they taking advantage of you? Yes. But is it working out for your advantage? Yes. In the long run, it is working out for your advantage. You always look at it that way because we are being prepared for long-term administration. Hmm. Now, we are preparing, being prepared for royal civil service and we will allow people to take advantage of us. It doesn't matter. But in the process, we should not be mad and irritable and you know, nasty and... You know, complaining and murmuring and all that stuff, then uh, it's pointless. Yeah. The whole thing is a waste. The character did not come through. You only worked hard and died with nothing. Yes. That's, yeah. uh, that's what First Peter chapter 2 also will say, mm-hmm. that you be uh, uh, diligent not only to the guys who are good with you, also to the unjust. Unjust. unjust because mm-hmm. for, uh, for this is the will of God. Will of. And in the context of a marriage also, it is true, right, Pastor? Uh, for example, if the wife might think that the husband is taking advantage of her, yeah, every relationship it is. Uh, yeah, it says in first Peter, actually first Peter chapter three verse so mm-hmm. five and six, if you will, if you can see, mm-hmm. uh, it says very interesting. Uh, for this, ma- for in this manner, the former times, the holy women who trusted in God also mm-hmm. adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, mm-hmm. as Sa- Sarah, Sarah obeyed Abraham, Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good, mm-hmm. and are not afraid with any terror. Any terror. That is, that is yeah, very because s- where if you look at it now, like we can look from hindsight. Hindsight, exactly. Uh, Abraham took advantage of Sarah there. Okay, but if you look at in both cases. Who actually experienced the hand of God? Sarah. Sarah. That Abraham. is the testimony which Abraham does not have. Mm. Both in Potiphar, in Pharaoh's palace and, and in, in this both palace, she experienced the supernatural protection of God in her life. And the husband only could stand there and listen to her testimony. No, hmm. Because he took advantage of her. No, So... Everywhere you have to look at long term. If you, that's why if you look, if you, if you don't see the eternal perspective, then you miss it. You miss it. The eternal has to be the real world for you. That is the real world in which Jesus lived. He lived in that world, the eternal, even though he was. That's why scripture is talking about keep your eyes fixed on Christ Jesus. Think on things that are ever. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. So next question. Yes. Uh, twenty-one question. Question number twenty-one. Mm. It's a very mm. interesting question. That you want my own? How do you allow people to hurt you and then love them? God is love. Some of them don't even deserve a hello from anybody. <laughs> 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 In the first place, uh, okay, the first place is, uh, uh, first place is, uh, why do you allow people to hurt you? <laughs> yes, peop- I mean, life is an, en- 
entire gamut of relationships. So you cannot help being hurt. My question is, why are we all sitting here listening to this? It's because we are all saved. Mm. Why are we all saved? Because of God's mercy. mercy. That's God's greatest, what you call, facet of his character we experience every day. That is merciful towards us every day, right? He allowed himself to be hurt, in other words. No, meaning, yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is that if I, if I'm not hurt, then how do I exercise mercy? Okay. Okay. How to exercise mercy? Okay. You isolate yourself, lock yourself up. You don't want to meet anybody over there. Sit in a bubble up there. Okay. But the more I mean, Joseph was hurt. Okay. At every level, he was hurt by everybody. He was hurt even by his father. <laughs> right. I mean, if I was Joseph Jacob, I would say I want to find at least the bones of my son and give it a de- decent burial. But I would call the fifty servants and says, "Go find." Go with these guys. Where did they find his rope? Check there. I want to bury my son's bones. You know, he's just sitting there and weeping and not getting up from his bed. You know? <laughs> so he said, my father never even looked for me, searched for me. You know? All these things, you know, but that nothing is there. And meaning he has forgiven everybody from his heart. Mercy he has shown everybody. So he's actually exhibiting the character of Christ. So to sh- like I say, only kings can show mercy. Only kings can show. You go to, you show mercy only to people who can give you mercy. So, people hurt you. And when God says, love them, uh, please don't misunderstand the, the verses in the Bible in the sense like, your husband hurts you, your wife hurts you, your children hurt you, you have to love them and you have to be with them. That's a different thing. But we are talking about certain other people with whom you do not have to be. You don't have to go there and keep on getting hurt. Bible is not talking about that. You forgive them and leave them alone. Second thing, do not think that forgiving and trusting a person is the the same. same. Forgiveness is unconditional. Trust has to be earned. Trust has to be earned. You know, because some people, because if they, you, their uh, repentance is so shallow and they expect you to trust them immediately. And when you don't, they get offended. So you know that their repentance was never genuine. You know, never genuine. So that's what the Bible is talking about. Yes, they don't deserve a hello. Yes, but we don't deserve mercy either. Okay, we are showing mercy to them because God showed mercy to us. It is in light of that. That's the only reason. But that doesn't mean you have to go and fellowship with all those people and all know that. You know? Joseph did not, once he reached the throne, he did not say, I want Potiphar and his whole household to come and fellowship with me. No, I have forgiven them. That That's over. That's over, you know? Okay. Even within the body of Christ, let me tell you honestly, even within the body of Christ, if the body of Christ is a body, it's a body, we have to live together. That doesn't mean everybody fellowships with everybody the same way. Okay? Okay, very crude example, but God, when He made the human body, He put the nose where it can't reach the armpit. They're part of the same body. 
He kept them at a two different distance and says love from far. Okay? Love from far. It's part of the same body. And some people in the body stink. <laughs> love them. Help them. Stay far from them. You can't help it. Okay? But you have to help them. You see them in need. If you can meet that need, you have to go around, go and uh, meet that need. Okay, that you have to, you know. No, you have to show that. That doesn't mean that you have to fellowship with them. No, fellowship with them. No, fellowship is at different different levels. Uh, no, so to some of them, just say hello. That's mm. enough. Question number thirteen, Pastor. Yeah, I always told from my young age, from my parents, from my family, most of them are dead. How do I correct it? Okay. If you didn't hear it, I always uh, I always stole from a young age, from my parent, from my family. I always stole. Most of them are dead. How do I correct it? Send it to me. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> okay, that was just a joke. Okay, like uh, my first thing is that I hope it stopped. Hope it stopped. That you are not uh, stealing anymore. You, the thing is, see, stealing. We associate stealing only with uh, with money and things, but you can steal in so many other ways. Okay, but this was from from a young age, from your fa- parent, your family, and. Uh, I believe it is stopped and most of them are dead. How do I correct it? <coughs> if it was family, I would say like uh, family members from whom you took. Let us let us let us let us say I stole from my brother. Like let us say when I was young, I stole 50,000 from my brother and my brother is dead now. He's not dead. They're all well alive <laughs> and I never stole from them. Okay, just using an example. But they have children. Mm. They have children. What you can do is that give them 50,000 as a gift. Sometimes you don't have to give the whole history. You're putting right primarily things with God. God. Primarily putting things with God. Sometimes, you know, uh, you going telling them and all, unless the Spirit of God specifically tells you the details, it does not help. It does not help. It does help them, it does not help you. But there is a way you can return it. Okay? You can return it. Okay? In some cases, nobody is there. Nobody is there. In those cases, if you still feel that uh, you're feeling guilty, then what you need to do is give it to a ministry, which will be used for. No, not government, government ministries, don't give it there. But anything that is taking care of people, no, you can gift it there. Let me give you the example of a person. I read this man long years and years ago. He's a very famous man. I, I don't know whether he's alive now. It's a pastor called Marilyn Carothers. One of his books is there in that shelf over there. He's the one who wrote that very famous book called From Prison to Praise. If none of you haven't read it, shame on you. Okay. So he was in the U.S. Army, enlisted during the Second World War. 
and he was into procure i can't remember the details but he stole a lot of money from made a lot of money from the government, government. Okay. lot of money from the government and i mean different ways not stealing like but he made a lot of money it was stealing from then he comes back to us and everything is all over and done he gets saved once he gets saved he's convicted by the money he has taken from the government so he decides to send it back so he wrote up to the us treasury or this thing or whatever and uh, they send the this thing back by saying that there is no procedure in the government where you can return anything like that so she still was convicted he still didn't know what to do then the holy spirit told him what you need i mean it is like thousands of dollars the holy spirit said that what you do is that you took it from the government give it back to the government do it this way buy us postage stamps worth this much money and burn it if you use it then uh, it doesn't work <coughs> burn it so you have taken that money and returned it back to the government praise god and he did it hallelujah and he gave it back and it was clear after that so if you are very serious about these things first god looks at the heart at the intention and then the holy spirit will guide you he will guide you through it so that you know you can be free of that you can be free of that because these are important things in your walk with god so walk with god because you want to walk with god with a clear conscience and he will he will clear it up for you okay and, and question number 18 pastor it 18. says how come we sin and we go back we sin and we go back and we sin and we go back but can't seem to come out of it <coughs> same thing again. yeah depends upon whether it is the same sin or different if it is the same sin there are different ways to break it it has to be broken but once you break you move to another level god will show you another sin which you never saw but like i said you have to look at iniquity and iniquity what what is that empowers that sin is what you have to look at what is that empowers that sin like this is a very general question but what is that empowers what causes you like if let's say this is a young man who is 30 25 21 years old he steals So the question you need to ask is that and you are convicted and you still steal and then again you repent and you still steal the question is why do you steal what is that you use that money for hmm. why do you steal because nobody takes money and just holds it and looks at it you are stealing then you are stealing it for something what is that what is that okay what is that why do you steal you have to look is it you steal it for the same thing or is it just you know that is identified and you deal with that the stealing will stop uh. stealing with okay like uh, some people have no money at all when actually they have enough money but why don't they have money because then you realize they are shopaholics uh-huh. they love shopping so the issue is not with money the issue is the habit of shopping the habit of shopping so you have to deal with that the root cause behind it the spiritual cause is love of things oh, things yes love of things you have to deal with that oh. and really go to god and say lord take that away from me i love things oh. whatever things you are i love it so money doesn't stay in your hand deal with that with an axe oh. 
okay deal with that within and once you have come through a phase of dealing with that this will go then you will realize i always had enough money always had enough money no? question number 5 it's very related to this is here here five okay i have repented before god but not before man is there a problem depends it depends depends uh, upon what it is because i always will not recommend repenting before man because sometimes it boomerangs hmm. it does not work it does not work you have to be you don't take everything in the terms of of uh, james chapter 5 where it says confess if you course. confess your sins you but remember that is also got to do with sub sickness yes, yes. and it is probably a sickness where you are bedridden mm. and you have really sinned against somebody and that is why the sickness has come upon you so if you look at the context it is that many cases you can some cases you cannot because actually like we are talking about the corona virus the cure is worse than the, the disease. disease yes once this is all over at the end of the day maybe 50000 died in india of corona virus how many hundreds of thousands will die of poverty and hunger after this is over nobody knows suicide and all that these things you know farmers lost their crops people lost their businesses how many nobody will connected with covid 19 when it is all because of that so sometimes people jump in the flesh look at that and okay i need to go confess and all help breaks loose and then you don't have the strength to handle it so always you start go to god and then if you go to man it has to be somebody who is very senior very spiritual who will advise you through the whole process don't jump and do it it will mess things up amen yes a lot of people do it out of like emotional zeal mm. and then it does not work it does it is the same thing like what happened with uh, with like will say zakkes did but zakkes was confessing to jesus <laughs> jesus was there in us present yes jesus and jesus is a different picture altogether jesus said this too is the son of abraham no after jesus had said that it's a different thing altogether no but you have to be very very careful about it very careful about it how you do it but but all in this format is there listen to the spirit of god and wait for the spirit of god no Yes. It was uh, not was seven sorry. Uh, question number seven. Is it okay if you are not honest all the time with friends but we go to God? <laughs> That's a very strange question. question. Is it okay if we are not honest all the time with, with friends, friends but we go to God? Uh I don't know how to read that question. we have to be honest with friends if that issue relates to them mm. relates to them no like what i would say is that be learned from jesus christ jesus had 12 apostles and he divided them into groups and there was three with whom he shared everything and he didn't share everything with the problem is people don't even have limits about friendship everybody is bestie then they put a a there and they become a beastie <laughs> okay no you have to be careful about this friendships have its own place mm-hmm. you honestly in life you will not have too many friends real friends 
The rest, like we say in English, you have friends and you have acquaintances. acquaintances yes. Okay, acquaintances. And even among believers, you have to have discernment to know whether this is a baby. Okay, or a more mature believer. You cannot be a close friend with a baby and uh, be honest with a baby. Because you don't know where the baby will take it and run. Okay. So there you have to be careful and don't have what I'm saying is that even in workplaces, stick to work. Stick to work. Stick to work. You don't, you don't hear in Potiphar's palace or prison Joseph having a single friend. Though he was kind to everybody. There was nobody to be friendly with. Okay. Friendly with. Okay. That doesn't mean you are unkind. You are there always for anybody who needs help. That doesn't mean you go to everybody with your problems or you share your heart with everybody. Okay, Because anybody you share your heart with, you need to be able to trust them. And trust takes time. Yes. Trust takes time. So here... You have to define a friend properly. You have to define a friend. friend you have to define your activities. Define your conversations. What what you're gonna talk about? You no, know, after after you are born again, you become a Christian. Life should take a completely radical shift. Yes, completely radical shift. It should change. It cannot be like it's like marriage. You know, we, we always tell our young people when they get married. Okay, yesterday till yesterday you were a believer. Now forsaking all means all. Okay, after one week, go back to, go on, go back to your bachelor activities, leaving your wife at home. You left them. Uh-huh. You left them. Okay, don't go back to your old company, no, you left them. Okay, they are still there. Are they there? Yes. Will life be the same again with them? No. You need to know that, they need to know that. So in the same way, once you are a believer, everything has changed. You have a new company and a new family God has given. Even your own, own family, and many of our young people, Got into trouble because they got saved and in their excitement every day, every week from church, they went and opened their mouth and gave the old testimony and the parents were mad. I told them, (laughs) you were not supposed to. That is flesh and blood. You are spirit. They are not going to appreciate anything. Is it purely power? I said, good only. That's enough. I was just good only. That's it. You don't have to say much more. Be very, very wise with the people you are with all the time. Yes. You have to be always very wise and use discernment because a lot of stuff is done in zeal, which brings a lot of trouble. Yep. Yes. Okay. And they will say, don't we have need a testimony at home? That is your changed life. Mm. Not what happened at church. That is what... Potiphar saw and said, his God is with him. Warden said, his God is with him. Okay, okay mm. question number 20. Uh, you want to look at this, Pastor? Yeah. Uh, I find it hard to believe sometimes that Jesus was killed for as a man, as a man without sin, yet he is coming for a bride without wrinkles, without blemish. Difficult, difficult yeah. Yeah, it is difficult to believe, but it is true. Mm-hmm. He is coming for a church because the whole thing, that is the, that is the, That is the power of grace. If you go to the book of Romans, Romans, Mm -hmm. 
chapter 4. Verse 21. Sorry, 521, not 4, 521. 521. 521. Yeah. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness, righteousness. to eternal life, through so Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord. This is, if grace saved us, grace can save us to the uttermost. What you see now, it's not what you will be if you allow God to do the work in you. He can make you without wrinkle, without spot. Because every day as you go through, today's sins are removed. There's nothing. When you came to Christ, all of yesterday's is already wiped clean. You started with a new slate. That is what Corinthians 5.17 says. If any man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. All things have been made new. And you go through that process. When you finish that way, God says you're perfect. Okay, if you if you come back to the book of Hebrews, I'll give you one more verse. Hebrews chapter twelve and verse twenty two. Twenty twenty two, twenty three. But you have come to Mount Zion. Okay, Romba. This is a spiritual position. Yes, young people at the back there. Yeah, you're distracting us, okay? You have come to Mount Zion. That is the peak of perfection. And God positionally talks about everybody that you can reach there. Not even talking about new earth, new heaven, or new Jerusalem. He said you can reach Zion. Ah. So the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. He begins from the peak and come. Okay, City of the living God. Ah. The heavenly Jerusalem. To an innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Who are registered in heaven. To God the judge of all. To the spirits of just men. We are just men. First he justifies us. And then made perfect. perfect. Yes. That's the key words. Just men made made perfect. perfect. First he justifies as if just as if we never sinned. He takes that sin nature off, puts it all on Christ Jesus, gives Christ nature, we are born again, and he says, You are just. And my just shall walk by faith. Mm. Whenever you fall of faith, go back, repent, confess, he cleans you. But as you go, he says, Just men made perfect. 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 What is that? You end up without wrinkle, without blemish, without you. What you are now is not what you will be if you take that route. So he put it up absolutely positionally and says, this is what you are. That is why later he is, uh, okay, talks about everything that is being shaken only because the kingdom of God. So you have to see everything in the light of it. Mm. Yes. Question number eight. Okay, we have to look at the time. Yeah, also, almost okay? five, five okay. minutes. Five Forty-five will finish. Yes, I am seventy years old. I still struggle with lying and dishonesty. Question number eight. Okay. Yeah. I am seventy years old. I still struggle with lying and dishonesty. Mm. I repented each time I fall, but do I not have enough godly sorrow, or do I not love God enough? Eight. Okay. Eight. Let me guess. You are from the circle. If you are from the circle, you were programmed to lie. Your entire life was a lie. That's how you are programmed. Never to reveal who you are. To lie your way through everything. And technically, that's what we all were. We were all liars. We had two faces. We were all hypocrites. 
two faces. We lied our way through. When we came back, because we didn't have a conscience that was touched by God, we are kind of okay. I mean, which child is the same at school and at home? Which man is the same at workplace and at home? So we all had split personalities. Okay. And then when Christ came in, he's making us whole. He's making us whole. So that the man at the church, the man at the office, the man at home is the same person. So we all had that issue, all that issue, and still struggle with that issue. Struggle with that issue. And one of the ways to handle it, because it was question number eight, eight, eight. One of the ways to handle it, that's why I say, I keep saying that and I try to practice it, is keep life simple. One of the ways to keep life simple is talk less. More you talk, the more you lie. Hmm. And, the and you may not works. even realize you are lying because you exaggerate. Hmm. You exaggerate. One of the best ways to do is talk less. Talk less in life. Okay. And then when you talk, talk with people with whom you can, when you talk more, talk with people with whom you can be absolutely be honest and uh, you don't have to lie or exaggerate with them. You can be you. With them, talk. Like, if you're married, Pastor Vijay can talk with Jacinth. No, he doesn't have to lie to Jacinth. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what it means. Adam and Eve were naked, naked and they were not ashamed. ashamed. Yes. Okay, so he can talk. He can, because I keep telling Vijay, one person I have the license to be angry. Who is that? My with wife. my wife. <laughs> my, because... I can be what I am with her, with others, no. With her, because I know, I said, and it's also over. One minute, two minutes is over, it's forget. Don't even think about it, it's anger, okay, because, you know, uh, that's your better half, no? <laughs> okay, so you're showing your words half side there over there. But I'm not saying that you should get angry with your wife. What I'm saying is that one of the ways to escape is basically much of the lying comes from, come, speech. Speech, so have to be very, very careful about what you speak and whom do you speak. Okay, like I said, do not have too many friends in life. It simply doesn't work. Too many doesn't work. And sisters have to be all sisters who are listening. Have to be very, very careful. Sometimes you are not just busy; you are busy bodies. The Bible uses both words. The Bible wants us to be busy. Not busy bodies. Mm -hmm. And not busy bodies. Okay. Amen. This there is a coordination with this and this. Yeah. People who talk, 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 like talking to so many people also like listening, 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 listening about other people. So if you connect these two and handle these two, it is nice. No. Even as a pastor, unless people come to me, I don't want to know anybody's business. Uh -huh. Why do I want to know somebody's business? I got enough trouble of my own. I don't need to need somebody else. So if you people ask for an appointment, they call, they ask, I listen. Otherwise, I never want to hear about anybody. But there are people, I mean, it is like, no, uh, they like hearing about everybody and they like talking about everybody. That is why you have to be very, very careful about this. No, we don't have to. First, you always have to ask this, is it my place to hear this? Is it my place to hear this? I shouldn't be hearing this. I, I shouldn't. I mean, 
by hearing this, in which way can I help you? Hmm. Of course, they will put a very spiritual tag over after talking for 45 minutes, one line to sanctify, pray for me. And one line doesn't change anything. Okay. They will not pray also. So these are things we have to be very, very careful about it. No? Very, very careful about it because, uh, no, if you cut that down, cut down, it because now the person is saying I'm already 70 years old. So you don't have much time to change. But I know people in our ministry, like you know, other countries, yeah. how they changed. changed drastically. They changed, and they made a godly decision to change and ask the spirit of God to help them. And they changed like nobody's business. They were not seventy; they were there in their eighties and all. Because it looks at how deeply you want to change, how deeply you want to change. Amen. And I will tell you one of the best ways to escape this. You really want to escape, come out of this? Then do it the way Zacchaeus said. Call five people to whom you lied and tell them I lied. And after that your mouth will be shut. Because the next day you call one of them, they will say, are you telling the truth or lying again? That's, you are not doing Plastic. it for them. Yeah. You are not doing it for them. You are doing it for yourself. Radical. You are doing it for yourself. Okay, You are doing it for yourself. I mean, Zacchaeus doesn't have to stand there and publicly say, I will give you, from all I have taken, I will give you four times over. He could do it quietly the next day, right? Mm. But he's doing, not doing it for them. He's doing it for himself. He's doing it for himself. himself. Yes. If he was doing it for them, he can do it quietly, keep his honor, dignity, everything and all. He can do it quietly. And that is also giving it back. The Lord doesn't say you have to publicly declare and give it back. The Lord said give it back. But he is doing it for himself. himself. That I will never go back that way again. So I have to deal with myself. The problem is not people. The problem is me. So I'm going to deal with me in such a way that I don't go that route again. again. And different ways in doing this similar, similar situation. In this case, it is with lying. Okay. I lie. Okay. So call five people to whom you lied and say that. I lied. I'm sorry, you know, about this thing, gossiping. If you have a gossiping habit, is that call five people about whom you gossiped. Only thing you want to escape that. You are not even asking their forgiveness. So it's beyond that. It's much beyond that. You know, this is your iniquity. You are a gossiper. We call it gossip. Gossip is better, but gossip also means slander. And the devil is a slanderer. So you know he's got his nature in you. So you want to cut it out and you're willing to lose five friends for that sake. So that you save your soul. You will know if I do that, these five people will never talk to me again. And you say, it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. Wow. It's okay. I'll still trust God's grace over here, but I'm going to cut it with an axe. That's what the Bible says. The axe is laid at the, the roots. Root. Problem is people trim the branches, branches and they feel good for a season. And again, the branches come back. That is sin. Cutting at the root, as John the Baptist says, you deal with the in iniquity. You deal with iniquity. You have to deal with the iniquity. And there are a lot of things which God says, like like uh, uh, your iniquity is that you are covetous and you take. And how do you break covetousness? By giving. giving yeah. By giving. By giving. Mm. Giving. Consistently giving. Suddenly that is gone. It's gone. And that's how he does. He gives. He says, half my wealth I'll sell and give it to the poor. It's gone. 
That's why God always is, it's more blessed to, to give, give than, than to receive. receive. Yes. Because to receive is the trap every mankind is caught in, to take. But you don't want to get in that trap because you are absolutely confident that I go that curve, I will also end up like that. So you give. And you realize if you give, you don't never lack. Mm. God gives you what you need, so you're not lacking. So you have to look at life that way and do. These are personal decisions and a personal lifestyle. It's a personal choices people make. And people who want deliverance identify their areas in their life and decide, you know what, I'm getting out of this mess. Because yes. I'm got a premium on my soul. Absolutely. And in the process, five people get upset with me and they have the right to be upset with me yes. because I talked about them that way. I'm sorry, I apologize. I know I cannot do anything to make it right. It is beyond my hands, but all I'm saying is forgive me. Once you have done it, you are right with God. And also you have broken the power of iniquity over oh, your, your life. life. To your life. And God sets you free. It also depends mm. on how desperately you want it also. Yep. So how much That's you how, want it. How, how much desperate you, want it, you are to, no? to, to want it for that kind of a life. So we can stop here. We are trying do you to have a, do you want a real walk before God? God or, or do you so, want so. a false walk? You want to walk before God or you want to walk, walk before, before man? You know, that's, that's, that is Saul's iniquity. Even at the last yes. moment he's saying, come, please come and worship with me. So that people will know that God is with me. God has already taken the kingdom from him. Mm-hmm. He will sit there. But God has already disqualified him. But he still wants people to think that he is godly. Spiritual. Mm-hmm. And that is our, ish, our issue. We want a real, a false picture before people. And one day God says, everything will be revealed and people will really know what you are really like. Amen. So better do it now so that I will cover you. I will cover you. Amen. So the rest of the questions will come back tomorrow evening. Okay? So once again, you can take one minute and clap for our boys. Okay, Apu and Raj also, they gave all this stuff. Okay, we are very simple. This is not a studio. This is not a setup. Chairs are borrowed. Table is borrowed. Tablecloth is borrowed. Wash is, is borrowed. This lamp is borrowed. That table is also borrowed. This, this is also borrowed. Even this picture is borrowed. Okay, <laughs> let us be honest. We will not lie and be dishonest. This is all borrowed. The only thing that is not borrowed is we too. Okay? So everything is borrowed. We just thank God that. Because our boys are into cameras, so they wanted a setup. Okay. So we just thank God for everything that He has given us. And uh, no, I hope if you are not satisfied with any of the answers, whichever question it is, you can write back to us. Okay. We are not justifying anything, not that we have all the answers. You could always write back to us. And we have time on our hands. If it doesn't finish on Sunday, we'll go to Monday. Uh-huh. If it doesn't finish on the Monday, we'll go to Tuesday. Amen. There's no hurry about these yes, things. Yes. You want answers to life and to walk with God. That's your whole purpose. Lord, I want to walk before you. That's exactly what God told Abraham after he turned 99. He said, walk before for me, me and be blamed. The only way we can walk before God is the answers you heard. It's not walking before man. Mm. A man could walk before man and look blameless. And be absolutely corrupt before God. God. But the call to Abraham is saying, walk before me mm. and be, be blameless. blameless. And that would cost him a lot. Cost him a lot. Okay, and that's only people who want to walk before God will be able to take those drastic steps. Amen. Because they want to walk with God. Okay, shall we pray? 
Father, we just thank you. We just praise you. We just worship you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time. So many questions remaining, Father, but we will keep looking at it. We don't have the answers. You are the only one who has the answers, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you would touch your people who ask these questions. You would give them the full answer. We can only answer partially, Lord. The full answer is with you. The complete answer. You are the only one who understands all the nuances of the question asked, Lord. For us, it's just a question. We don't know from where this question is coming. What has this person gone through or their experiences? We do not know. You know it all. So I pray, Father, that you would answer them. And you would guide them. And you would deliver them. Because for this purpose, the Son of Man came. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Yes. Every work of the enemy, Lord, be destroyed in the lives of his dear ones. That they will walk each day more and more and more liberty, Lord. Which only you can give and you can take us. For your word says, where the Spirit of God is Lord, there is liberty. So, Father, I commit all and everyone, Lord, all of us into their hands. Spirit of God, lead us into that truth. That truth in each situation that can set us free, Lord. Once again, I plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over your people, everywhere, all the continents, wherever they are listening from. Dear ones, Lord, from U.S. to Australia, the entire span where they are asking, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over your people. Protect them. Preserve them. Keep them. Let no one die before their time. This virus will pass over your people. Amen. And I pray you will make a distinction between your people and the others, Lord. Protect your people. Preserve your people. Keep your people, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Rest of the night here, the rest of the day in other parts of the globe, we commit into thy hands. Be with us and go before us. And teach us too to walk before you, Lord. Be blameless. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you.